You're listening to Sufficiently Selfish, your weekly dose of putting yourself first, being unapologetically you, and not giving a damn what anyone has to say about it. Hosted by yours truly, Emma Jones, your selfish coach and mentor. So if you're looking to create more space in your life for you, you're in the right place. Hey guys, and welcome back to Sufficiently Selfish. This week, we're going to talk about how to be obnoxiously happy. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen an IGTV I did on this topic a month or so ago, but this is not only one of the most important foundational elements of life, it is also a topic that comes up time and time again in conversation with both friends and clients. So I'm going to shout it from the rooftops and go deep down into the depths of how easy this is to do and why it is so important. I used to think that I should be pessimistic because it was going to serve me in the long run. If something didn't work out, I wouldn't be disappointed because I had prepared for the worst. And if something did work out, I would be pleasantly surprised. I lived most of my life like this and then realized that because of this outlook I was choosing to have, I was missing out on so much enjoyment in life. And yes, it was an active choice. I wasn't born a pessimist and neither were you. We built these walls up over time to try and protect ourselves from disappointment. Instead of preparing for the worst case scenario, I could have been focusing on how to make sure everything worked out the way I intended or wished it to. If we think about the law of attraction, the basic principle is that like attracts like. So if you're thinking pleasant thoughts about what you want, you're going to attract those things to you. However, if you spend your energy and mental capacity focusing on what you don't want, the universe is going to sign, seal, and deliver that package right to your door because all it knows is that that is where your brain power was being expended. If you don't believe in the law of attraction, here's another way to think about it. Growing up, I played softball, and the coach always told us to hold our non-throwing hand pointing to where we wanted the ball to go. This hand was basically the guide pointing to where we wanted our throwing arm to send the ball. This is the exact same thing. If your brain is focused on not achieving, that's where your mental ball is going to end up. But if your brain is focused on accomplishing, you are more likely going to accomplish. I hear a lot of people talk about how they also have used this protection mechanism to keep them from being disappointed in life. And that is why I'm here to tell you from firsthand experience that this is doing you more harm than good. The first time I noticed this phenomenon in action was when I was going to college in DC. My aunt would always come visit me and she loved staying at this adorable boutique hotel that was near campus. Her favorite part of the hotel was the breakfast room. So every morning when she was in town, we would meet for breakfast in the breakfast room and have a lovely little meal before going about our day. 
basically any dining situation. I don't like having my back to the room or staring at a wall. Plus, if there's a booth like this breakfast room had, I would rather be sitting in that than on a chair floating in the middle of the room. Anyway, one day, and I doubt I will ever forget this day, even though I have the worst memory ever. I was in the middle of telling my aunt something I was really passionate about. And of course now I don't remember what was so important, but I know that it was because I was so insulted by what happened next. And if the conversation didn't matter, I wouldn't have given a shit. Anyway, so I'm telling my aunt this story and all of a sudden, as if she could care less about what I was talking about, she interrupts me. Oh, Em, that bird, what a beautiful bird. It's so cute and it's right outside the window. This is why I love this breakfast room. What a special treat. And she's going on and on about this bird. I'm sitting there across from her thinking, what the actual fuck? I'm in the middle of opening up to you about something that is really important to me and you would rather coo over a bird? Now, freeze the scene. Here's what I didn't realize. My aunt was living in the moment. My conversation could be paused and resumed, but that bird was a fleeting moment and she was going to soak up every minute of it. I thought about this vignette over and over. It would constantly pop into my head over the next few weeks, and I knew that there was something deeper than what I was seeing, which was that my story didn't matter. Clearly that wasn't the case, and I knew that. But one day, a few months later, it hit me what was actually going on. And my aunt has been someone I have kept a close eye on ever since, because I am ready to soak up all the knowledge from this unknowing guru. So how do you undo all the pessimistic conditioning you have trained your brain to default to? Here are a few basic techniques that require no money and very little time out of your day, but will make a major positive impact on your life. Step one. And this comes first because it is the absolute first thing you are going to do in the morning. You're going to set your intention to be happy for the day. Before you get out of bed in the morning, definitely before you look at your phone or get caught up in anything other than, oh wow, my eyelids were closed and now they're open. I want you to think today is going to be the best day of my life because, and then say why the day is going to be the best day ever. This is actually one of the journaling prompts I do every morning, but you don't need to write it down. Just acknowledge to yourself. And this is most important on the days that are either business as usual or even a day you are dreading. It forces you to find something that is going to make your day the best day ever. This concept is based off of the Maui method, which basically just says that as you place your feet down on the floor in the morning, you say to yourself, today is going to be a great day. 
right off the bat, you're telling your brain to be open, be happy, and look for the positives. And this is going to carry you through your day. The next behavior switch that you're going to want to be aware of is to not let yourself get bummed out by all the small things that you've either been programmed or have programmed yourself to be bummed about. This one I have to remind myself of constantly because I'm a control freak and when things don't go the way that I expect them to, it really throws me off. So an example of this is, um, let's say every day you start your morning with a toasted everything bagel from your local bodega. One morning you come in and they don't have an everything bagel. And now you have to order something else and oh my God, this is going to throw off my whole day. And you start spiraling. Next thing you know, you've missed your train, you're now late to the meeting you're in charge of, and you spill your coffee on your computer once you get there. This is all happening because you told yourself your day is going to be a mess because of the bagel order. Are you going to let your breakfast throw off your whole day? Fuck it. Treat yourself to, I don't know, pancakes, a muffin, whatever you need to make sure that that doesn't throw you off. You'll get your bagel tomorrow or next week. If you need to feel your feelings, do it, but do it quickly. This is what I try to do. Go through either those seven or 12 or however many phases of grief there are. And once you get to the acceptance stage, move on with your day. I think in the IGTV, I used the example of waking up to a rainy day. I don't know why people are so against non-sunny days, but I personally love a gray day. It makes me feel so much better that I'm not missing out on being outdoors, enjoying a beautiful day when I've got a ton of shit that I need to be doing. But if you wake up and you think, ugh, it's rainy, I have no energy on gray days, and so my day is going to be a bust, and I'm not going to have any energy or accomplish anything, so I might as well just binge Netflix. I get horrible allergies, and rainy days leave me with serious sinus headaches, but I don't wake up and pronounce the day over because I may get an extreme headache later on. By doing this, you're writing a self-fulfilling prophecy, either based on something that societally you've heard is a negative thing, such as gray days mean you should just give up, or a previous experience you may have had yourself, like me and my headaches. But let me ask you this, is every sunny day a great day? Is every sunny day a productive day? No. Why are you giving the weather so much power over your mood and your productivity? Instead, I challenge you to see the silver lining, and I guarantee you every single situation has one. Like a muscle, the more you look for them, the easier they will be to find. This is like that phrase, when one door closes, another opens. Is it the outcome you expected? Maybe not. But does that mean the world is over? Definitely not. And you may even find yourself in a better place than if you'd had your everything bagel. All right, I don't care how sick you are of hearing this one 
because I know everyone says it, but guess what? That's because it actually chemically changes the way your brain functions. Write down a list of what you are grateful for daily. If you think it's bullshit, just try it out for a few weeks and see what happens. When I started journaling regularly two years ago, this is where I started. And within a few months, I saw a complete change in my outlook. But you can't half-ass it. You have to truly think about and feel gratitude for what you are listing. If you get stuck, and sometimes I do too, just look around you and think about who you interacted with either during your day or the day prior. Did someone show you a rare kindness? Did you have a pleasant encounter or a special treat? I especially like to state gratitude for the things that I know I take for granted. Right now, we are all quarantining, and I am at my parents' house. I constantly remind myself how grateful and blessed I am to be lucky enough to have a place like this to be during this time. As someone who travels around the world and doesn't have a home of their own, this could have been a really lonely and uncertain time for me. And instead, I have an incredible backyard and loved ones close by. Another example, when I was living in South Africa for three months this past year, we had power outages daily that would last for hours. Sometimes it would happen twice a day. And the first thought is, there goes the groceries in the fridge, or there goes all the work I was supposed to get done today. At first, I was really frustrated by these things, and then I learned to just pivot. When I got back to the States, I realized how lucky I am to not have to worry about the power going out really ever. And now it's not something that I list off in my gratitudes daily, but when I turn on a light switch, I think about this. When the internet's shoddy and I'm getting frustrated, I think about how I still have electricity, how the internet's going to come back soon. All of these things, we are so lucky. If you are listening to this podcast, you have things to be grateful for. You may just have to dig a little deeper to find them if you're not used to thinking about the world this way. My final recommendation for how to be obnoxiously happy builds off of gratitude, but it is to be present and grateful and appreciate things as you experience them. Just like my aunt stopped me mid-sentence to appreciate the bird that brought her so much joy, Stop, enjoy the moment, and then right there, silently state your gratitude or appreciation for that thing. I find myself doing this all the time. There is a particular intersection by my parents' house that is always red. It doesn't matter what side of the intersection you are coming to it from, you're going to get stuck at a red light. Every once in a while, I get the green. And a huge smile will come across my face. 
because I, I appreciate that moment. And I thank the universe for that green light. You don't have to thank anybody. Just acknowledge it to yourself. Happiness and optimism are muscles that you have to practice and build in order for them to become second nature. But like I stated at the beginning of the podcast, you already went through this process to make yourself a pessimist. It just may not have been as conscious as undoing that behavior will now have to be. With time, it will become as easy as breathing and you won't have to think about it. Although you often will because you'll be more conscious of the incredible things that are happening all around you and to you. I see butterflies now and I stare until they disappear. And in these moments, I stop and I am completely present with these beautiful small moments because they are numerous but fleeting. And if you don't stop to capture them, they'll be lost to you forever. If you're listening to this episode, I hope I have persuaded you to come away from the pessimistic side to the optimistic side where the grass is always green and your glass is always full. Thanks for listening to Sufficiently Selfish with me, Emma Jones. New episodes are released on Tuesdays. But in the meantime, you can find me on Instagram at Gemini Coaching. That's G-E-M-I-N-I-I Coaching. And if you enjoyed the show, go ahead and subscribe. If you really enjoyed it, show your support and leave a review in iTunes. Till next time.